Hello sailors and welcome to another episode of Offshore Sailing and Cruising with Paul Trammell. Today I am interviewing Brian Russell. You might remember Brian from season two. Brian built his own aluminum sailboat from scratch. It, it really is a thing of beauty. I met Brian in Hatchet Bay in the Bahamas back in 2020 and uh, since then he has sailed uh, to the, the Azores and then on to Scotland. So that's what we're talking about today. Brian's taken, Brian and his wife Helen uh, have taken quite a few beautiful photographs of their journey and they're all posted on my website at, on the podcast and show notes page. That's at paultrammell.com slash podcast. Click on season three, scroll to the bottom for the latest episode. On every page of my website is a link to Patreon. You can support the podcast through Patreon if you'd like to. And Patreon supporters get access to bonus content on my Patreon page. And if you'd like to read books, check out my page, paultrammell.com slash books. My latest is a sailing nonfiction called Chasing the Nomadic Dream. Well, Brian and Helen certainly are chasing their dreams on the boat that Brian built for this purpose. It's just, just a beautiful boat, and uh, what a wonderful accomplishment to build your own boat out of aluminum and then sail it uh, all the way to the Caribbean, from the Caribbean to the Azores, and then from the Azores to Scotland. So let's get right to it, my interview with Brian Russell. All right. <clears throat> Well, thanks for coming on to the podcast again. It's good to see you. Hey, yeah, yeah. And you're, what, what do you got there? A moose? A reindeer? <laughs> what is that? Helen is making a highland, uh, a crocheted highland cow. A crocheted highland cow. But this is, yeah, this one's waiting for its uh, shagginess. It's going to it's gonna grow some shags. I'll tell you, we've... <laughs> She, she's gotten a little bored. <laughs> a frog with a crown. <laughs> We've been on the boat too long. <laughs> wow. Hey, you got to have something to do. It's a... <laughs> keeps, keeps her off the street. That's, something so. I, I, that's, a, that's a question I always ask is, is what do you do to occupy your mind when you're on a long passage? So I know what, what, what your wife does, what Helen does. What, what do you do? I actually um, was able to do a little reading um, on the uh, on this last big uh -huh. passage. Uh, I haven't I haven't been able to read much uh, before, but I've, I think I've gotten more used to being thrown around in my eyes or gotten used. Mm -hmm. I don't know my inner ear or whatever, yeah. but um, that helped a lot. And uh, so, what else do we do? I, well, I can't, I, I, I work on photographs a lot. I take thousands oh, yeah. of pictures and, um, but I can't, I can't work on them, uh, underway. I found I, I need to work on them mm -hmm. in Anchorage and when we're not moving. Uh -huh. Um, so yeah, a lot of reading and, and playing cards on the iPad <laughs> and, and looking out the window and, and just looking at, at the sea yeah. and, and looking for yeah. whales. Um, we actually, saw, we saw some whales oh, yeah. um, coming up uh, to the Azores. Yeah, that was awesome. In between the Caribbean and the Azores? Right, right in front of the boat. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, cl closer to the Azores. Uh -huh. 
Are you able to identify the whales? What kind they are? No, big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were very. Uh, the one one was about twenty five meters uh, ahead of us, and and we just saw its back arcing through the water, and uh, I mean it was close. It was a yeah, you know, a little more than a boat length away and and a little bit on the port side but um yeah it was it was it was very right cool on. um and then we saw we saw spouts it was like an area it must have been a, a current because we saw dolphins and whales for like two days in this one area and i think it was in the azores current which which runs east uh, about 300 miles east of the Azores. no i'm sorry west of the uh -huh. azores um so I think it must it must be a you know nutrient rich uh -huh. area where where the whales and and other creatures were concentrated, um, and there may have been whales at other times, but we just didn't see them. But um, yeah, you know we had plenty of time to look. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so you sailed there from the Virgin Islands, is that right? Right, right. We uh, we went to the U.S. Virgin Islands uh, because we could get vaccinated uh -huh. there uh, with the Pfizer. Um, mm -hmm. That's what I just got, and that was that was awesome. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, have you had both both just shots? The first one about two weeks ago. Okay. 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 Yeah. Did you feel all right? I felt a, a little bit under the weather, but nothing nothing that that held me down. Yeah, we didn't. Really, you know, our arms got a little sore. We didn't get sick or anything. Uh -huh. um, a couple of people we knew had gotten a little under the weather, but yeah, for the most part, it was okay. Um, it was just kind of nice to get to the Virgin, the U.S. Virgin Islands, and we went to the the university uh -huh. there, where it uh, was where the um, vaccines were, and um, it was uh, the first one. We got the first shot at Saint Croix, uh -huh. right? Yeah, first first shot was on Saint Croix, and and that was at the university, and and it was the United States Army, oh. and uh, it was it was really kind of nice to, you know, to be back in uh, a, a little bit of America yeah. and and have these very efficient people taking care of things, and uh, you know, I felt I felt like okay, you know, this is cool, uh, everything is going to be okay, yep. and uh, so they were super nice and. Yeah, and then we, we got our second shot in St. St. Thomas. Yeah. Um, and, then we went Azores. and then, and then left for the Azores from how, how long of a passage was uh, that? So that was, uh, it was 17 days wow. and 10 hours. Wow. Yeah. So which turns out to be a pretty speedy passage. Um, We've seen a number of people who've had 23 and 25 day passages, mm. um, you know, looking at uh, the OCC um, uh, Facebook group has a lot of, uh, there's an East uh, West to East OCC page uh -huh. uh, where, where a lot of people are, you know, celebrating getting to the Azores or saying they're leaving and, you know, keep up with some people uh -huh. that way um it was pretty good even though we had uh we had 92 hours of of uh 92 straight hours of motoring oh. uh after what the third day or fourth day we got in we knew there would be a high 
but this it was a ridge and so it was fairly narrow and we thought oh we'll, we'll just we'll just motor right across this and it it started moving north with oh, us no. <laughs> and so we couldn't get out of it. um and fortunately we we carry plenty of fuel and uh you know we decided you know to just motor i mean the, the wind was literally like zero to three oh knots. wow it was it was absolutely dead and and but it turned out to be one of the most remarkable experiences yeah. um because it was it was a very high pressure uh and the water was just oily glassy smooth uh and and there were you know clouds you know the 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 this kind of bahamaish clouds you see on the horizon the big fluffy blue uh, white ones and blue sky overhead and the light was just it was midday just intense the, the just brightest sunshine and the bluest blue and we we're in nineteen thousand feet of water oh my gosh and um so we 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 decided we just stopped the engine i needed to check the oil anyway and and you know we decided we just stop and so we just drifted for a little while and um and then jumped jumped in the water great i was gonna ask you to swim okay yeah so so we stopped the boat um you know just to check the oil and and uh and just experience the the super blue it was um and and so we decided to, to, to go for a swim and Helen, Helen got up on the bow and uh, I've got, I've got some nice uh, shots of her uh, video jumping in. And uh, so she, she jumped in and swam all the way back to the, to the transom and came out pretty uh -huh. quick. We she didn't spend a lot of time in. And, um, and then I jumped in after she got out, I jumped in and I, I just wanted to have a look underneath the boat when it turned out there was a, uh, a piece of rope attached to the uh, propeller. Uh -huh. um, so that, so I swam down and underneath the boat and there didn't seem to be a lot of current, but the water was just like, it was shimmery. I can't describe it any other way is that the, the water was, and I don't know if it was just a light effect or, or whether there was a, a, a strong current, but it was, I'd never seen anything like that um, uh, in the, underneath the boat in the water. And so that was, that was really cool. It just, it just made a big impression uh, on both of us uh, doing that in, you know, swimming in 19,000 feet. Yeah. Uh, Isn't it amazing? I, I've with, swam in the, the deep water a few times and it's just a mind blowing experience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and no one, you know, I, obviously no one in sight, but, you know, we were wondering how, how far away the nearest, even the nearest vessel was, you yeah. know, so uh, that was, that was one of the highlights. Uh, yeah. You know, that, that leg, that leg was, was pretty good. I mean, we, the weather forecasts were pretty, pretty accurate and uh, you know, it kind of, we came up, pretty close to the, to Bermuda, probably about 130 miles um, east of Bermuda before we turned to go uh, east, which was, is pretty classic. Uh, we didn't go rum line. You know, we went up and, and got, got in the, uh, on the top of the high and, and, and rode that. And so, you know, mm -hmm. we had, I had a couple of downwind days. We had the pole set and, um, 
uh, yeah, two, two and a half, three days where we didn't touch anything. Nice. Um, and made uh, like 190 miles two days in a row. So on our, you know, on our heavy boat, that was, you know, and that was not yeah. like Gulf Stream current. <laughs> that yeah. was just, you know, and it was windy. It was like, it, we had like 28 knots behind us. Wow. Um, but because we were downwind, you know, the apparent wind was like 22 and the seas were not too huge. I mean, they were, they were, you know, probably 10 to 12 feet. Um, and, and so it was, it was, um, it was, it was not bad. Yeah. It was, that was, that was quite, uh, quite exciting and uh, really good sailing. And what, and, I don't remember, then, you know, I don't, go ahead. I don't remember how long your boat is. It's uh, uh, 13.4 meters or about, about 44 feet. Okay. Yeah. So it's, um, and it's got a good water line. It's, it's got, you know, 39 feet of water line. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's, it, and it's a shallow, you know, uh, shallow body uh, with a, a modified fin keel. So wow. it's got a pretty small wetted area. Um, it's not like, you know, it doesn't have the, the, the real narrow fin keel. It's got, a, I mean, the root of the keel is 14 feet. So it's, it's got a good keel. Um, but it, um, you know, so it, it'll, it'll move. It just, once it gets some wind, it moves well. It just doesn't do well in light air because uh -huh. um, we're, we're 18 tons. Uh -huh. And um, so, but, but yeah, you give us 28 knots and um, yeah, you're moving. We'll, we'll, we'll move, move right along. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And what, what kind of sail and, are you flying in, in those conditions? What, what's up? Well, in, in, in that, we, we just had our, we've got a, a 110 uh, high cut or Yankee cut uh, uh, Genoa. Uh -huh. um, and then uh, our, our main, so that the, I can't tell you exactly how big the Genoa is not that big. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, so we pull that out and then our, our main won't is, is our mains about 450 square feet. Um, but because of the way we're, our shrouds are, we have a aft intermediate instead of we're a cutter rig, right? So instead uh -huh. of having running, running backstays, uh, we have an aft intermediate, which runs up, uh, you know, and that prevents the boom from being able to go way out, you know, huh. more perpendicular to the boat. Um, so it's, it's, it's a little bit limited. We found it, you know, it, it hasn't been that big an issue. Um, we're getting a little bit of chafe uh, on the batten pockets from where the battens are contacting the shrouds, but we'll put some tape on that. Uh -huh. So, uh, you know, my aim is to wear this boat out, right? <laughs> I want to, I want to sail it. I want to, I want to sail it until everything's worn out. <laughs> yeah. That's what, that's what things are for to use. Yeah. Especially boats. That's right. Yeah. Um, and, um, and then we had a few things um, after that pole that we had, you know, long day, a number of days of using the pole. Uh, and then our really our only, issue um maintenance issue or or uh, it was almost a, a little catastrophe was we were, we were i put the pole back up on the mast it, it's on a track on the mast and the um uh, uh, heard this thump crash uh the next day and looked out 
we've got these windows in the front pilot house windows and uh, I see the pole kind of suspended sort of angled from the mast base leaning out toward the jib and the lifelines on the port side. I'm like, Oh, that's not, that's not good. And uh, so I dashed out there and the damn uh, pin that holds the butt end of the uh, pole to the track car had come out um and and the thing so there's a uh the jaw is down at the deck and there's a deck fitting that that the jaw clips onto and so it was still attached to that and then telescoping poles a force bar pole Uh uh-huh and and there's a little thin line for the telescope part and that had caught on a buckle on the on the uh, sail cover and caught it to and kept it from from going through the lifelines and going through the genoa and fortunately was it was i mean we were we were rolling along and uh you know it was pretty windy but it wasn't that rough and so we were able to get the thing back up but it turned out that the it was a pin with has a little uh circlips which popped Uh out and the pin came out did force bar and force bar said oh yeah you're much better off with a hex head bolt and a nylock nut on there and i was like well thanks very much why don't you You just make them that way (laughs) yeah why don't you just make them that way instead of putting this pretty little fragile thing on there we're in the middle of the atlantic ocean and that could have really been serious yeah and their response was crickets they didn't have anything else to say Uh, so um you know negative marks to force bar for that i i did not appreciate their their attitude uh on that and so anyway (laughs) but other than that um we didn't have any uh any breakdowns and Uh uh you know the autopilot kept it going we don't use a wind vane uh uh-huh. we just we use our jeffa steering and jeffa autopilot and b and g uh autopilot brain and it, it flawlessly worked uh wonderful you know four four thousand miles across the ocean yeah yeah oh, that's impressive so, uh, yeah yeah and it you know with the wind and the solar power it really doesn't use it's not a hydraulic it's an electromagnetic clutch uh, so it's not on all the time it's only on when it's turning the steering mm-hmm. you know it's not like a hydraulic pump which has to be turning you know all the time uh-huh. so uh, it, it's quite miserly on the on the on the stuff anyway i'm, I'm you you probably have some questions so i should let you you ask me some questions <laughs> well it's all about it's all about uh your, your stories and you talking so feel free to go off and tell as long of stories as you want um <laughs> absolutely so, um well so so you know good wind up until uh, the last the last day we, we had we then we had to motor another 30 hours because the, the, we were, the high caught up with us and, and the wind, there was this big black thing, clouds to the North of us. And we had been edging along, uh, trying not to get into, uh, the low pressure up, up, you know, 30 miles North, uh-huh. but then the high, this little narrow Ridge, um, 
that, that we were riding the top of came and, and got us in the wind just, I mean, we thought, oh man, we're going to be there tomorrow. We're going to be there tomorrow. And the wind just said, nope. Uh, <laughs> and it just, you said, so we ended up motoring another 30 hours, but then we got to sail the, the last 10 hours in, into Horta. Um, great. Very, very dramatic, you know, atmosphere. Couldn't see it until the last, like, I think we we're about six miles off and um clouds were, clouds were low and we saw there was a whale spouting you know right offshore and it was like man we were it was there is nothing wow. to replace that 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 feeling um i mean absolutely nothing you know there's the joy and the relief um uh, you know for our first that was by far our biggest passage and uh huh? so it was uh just quite quite remarkable to to have that experience and Gosh, so fortunate to you know, have done that it was just it was so cool and you know got in you know coming into the harbor the wind picked up you know and it was like we got in and anchored and um i i just i let out a, a primal a primal yell because <laughs> uh, it was you know early in the morning and uh, so uh-huh. that was that was a lot of fun and they're super organized um you know, the harbor master and the, the town is so cool so you know absolutely go there if you can it is um yeah we love the azores wonderful is, yeah i'm considering yeah. uh next summer trying to go to newfoundland and then from there i might go to the azores okay okay so it's a possibility well it's yeah, I mean, uh, you know, some people just do that and then go down to Madeira and then down to the Canaries and back to the Caribbean. That's, um, yeah, that's you know, that's kind of like plan a, a. an Atlantic circuit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. Well, Ren Hell is saying you could go to Ireland as well. Um, yeah. So we uh, we touched in Ireland on the way here to Scotland. Um, it, it was sort of it, it worked out for us. It. it the, the COVID situation was not, uh, still not worked out with Ireland was not accepting tourists. Uh, um, but we, we had, it, it turned out we, we had a water maker, our, our water maker pump failed, um, oh no. on the way from the Azores, the, the, the boost pump. Um, and we had, we had enough water. Um, and I thought, you know, when it, when it happened, I thought, oh, I got this sorted out. You know, I've got my spare, my new spare pump. Um, and, and you know, I got it out and, and slapped it in and no problem, nothing, right? Nothing, wouldn't work. Okay, got it out, took it, took it apart, looking at it, testing it. What, what is wrong with this thing? Started looking at it, took the back end of the, uh, uh, it's just a pump, right? It's just, it's just a simple Jabsco has no pressure switch or anything and open the back of it up. The new pump was all rusty. And oh, no. <laughs> ah. the, 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 the electrical fittings were completely corroded. Oh, good grief. Somebody oh. had, somebody had gotten the, uh, themselves a new pump and put their old messed up pump back in the box and no. sent it back to i can't i think i bought it from defender oh my gosh so i guess my everything you buy to make sure it's actually new and works um yeah so that was 
that was sort of a gut punch uh, when I realized, and, and there was no way, you know, for me to MacGyver one pump out of two pumps yeah. uh, because both pump diaphragms were, were, you know, torn up and the seals leak. That's what happens is, you know, the seal leaks and, and you get water in the motor anyway. Uh, and then because of COVID and Brexit, last pump, a friend of ours here in Scotland was able to get it for us. But that turned out to be the last Jabsco Parmax 4 pump in the UK. Oh, my um, goodness. And probably in Europe because they can't get any right now. Wow. Um, because, of course, they're made in China and da, da, da. Yeah. And shipping is all messed up. And it's like, it's so we have found now trying to get repair parts and replacement parts and repair parts has been a real issue um, here in the UK. Uh, lots of little things that are, you know, it's like, well, that's unavailable. And we think we might get it in three months byproduct oh. of our current situation. Uh, wow. So, but, we, you know, nothing, nothing major. You know, but I like to have spare parts. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, well, I'm, I'm, let's, let's go, let's back up to the Azores. I'm really curious. Um, yeah, I'm yeah. curious about the Azores in general. Um, but uh, can you walk us through uh, checking in, uh, you know, a actually entering the harbor and any communications you had to do ahead of time um, in, the, in the, the clearing customs process and all that? So, did we, Helen, did we uh, contact them before? We did. We talked to, uh, by email. We said we were planning to Right, come, right. We emailed, we emailed them and, and advised them of our intentions to, to arrive. Uh, and then we had our, our uh, COVID pretest that we had done uh, in, in USVI. And then, um, no, or no, wait. And then we, yes, we, we had the test. When did we, because we got that test and it was the wrong test. In, in I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I don't think that the Azores were requiring a test um, backing up because it turned out we were going to, oh, I know. Okay. We were going to go to Bermuda. Ah. We were, this is, I'm, I'm looking back. Okay. We were going to go to Bermuda first. And in the USVI, we went and got a test but it turned out just to be an antigen test. Uh -huh. um, and so, and not a PCR test. And the PCR tests were like super expensive. And, and then the weather was all like, you know, dodgy. And we were like, man, let's just go to the Azores straight. Because we were thinking, oh, we'll go 900 miles and then we'll only have to go only, you know, 1900 miles instead of 2700 or 2600 miles. Uh-huh. Um, and, and some friends of ours on Gertie, uh, they were in the salty dog rally, uh, uh, with us going down to Antigua last November, they went rumline, they went, well, they tried to go rumline straight to the Azores from the USVI. So we were like, well, if they can do it, heck yeah, well, let, well, let's just do it. So we went, so we emailed the Azores, um, and, and they said, no problem. And we got in the Harbor, uh, and got on the radio and talked to the harbor master and you know he was you know, right there and he said just stay on your boat someone will come by um and and you know I, 
couple of, couple of hours, three hours later, they came by, picked us up, uh, took us to the cruise ship or not the ferry, the ferry dock. Um, uh -huh. and so, so they were, they picked everybody up. There were about 10 people on this big, uh, rib, um, you know, folks who had arrived that morning and, uh, cause we were kind of, it was sort of the peak arrival season, um, when, when we got there. And so they, you know, took us over to the ferry dock. We went in one by one, two by two, I guess, uh, uh, got our nasal swab, uh, went back to the boat. Um, and then, and, and then that evening that, that we got the results by email and we were free to go. Cool. Um, and day 12, we had to go up. They had a, uh, facility near the hospital, uh, at free, all this is free. Um, and we had to go get tests on day six and day 12. Uh -huh. Um, and then they emailed the results. So yeah, no. And then when we left to go to Scotland, then we had to pay uh, for our test. Um, uh -huh. But we did that from, from another island uh, in the Azores. Um, so, so yeah, it was, it was, uh, and, and, you know, the people were wearing masks in the grocery store and, and in businesses. Um, but it was, you know, pretty, pretty relaxed. Um, uh, and, uh, people follow the rules. Uh, it, it just, it was, we, we really like the Azores because yeah. it's sort of, it's sort of, it's like exotic European, you uh -huh. know, there's like, there's like good cheese and good salami and really cheap wine. And, and, you know, it's sort of got these amenities that you, you expect from European culture. Um, but it's also like they're really strange plants and huh? <laughs> it's, you know, volcanoes. And so it's, it's just, it's got this real uh -huh. exotic spice to it that, um, you know, mainland Europe doesn't really seem to have. And uh, uh, so we, you know, just had a, a terrific time exploring the different feel of, of what, four, four of the seven yeah. Uh, the, the island, group. yeah, the kind of middle file, uh, is the island that has Horta, and then just right across the sound, what probably 10 miles away is Pico, uh, which has the highest mountain in Portugal, uh, wow. at about 7,000 feet. Um, and so that's that's a, a, a kind of a completely different vibe. Uh, it, it seems a little more uh, rural. Um, a little, little less sophisticated, um, and, uh, a lot of, um, uh, viniculture, um, in these kind of bizarre lava rock wall enclosures where they grow grapevines huh. looks like they're just coming out of lava rock. Uh, wow. But the, but the black rock is a heat sink. And so it, it warms up during the day and, and, and helps the vines because it's quite cool there uh, in the summer. Uh -huh. And so that was, that was really terrific to hike around. So we took a ferry over there um, and just uh, kind of a, a rural uh, uh, kind of converted, you know, I don't know, like Crofter's hut or something. It was really cool. Um, 
you know, did some hiking. Uh, uh, and then, yeah, then we took the boat, took our boat to Sal George, um, which is very small, very tight little harbor, beautiful little harbor and super friendly people. The harbor master there is incredible and and uh just just had a great time hiking uh there's some spectacular uh coastal hikes on the north coast of uh south george and then went to um uh tercera which tercera means third mm -hmm. uh so it's the third most populous island uh and that was kind of the most kind of mainland feeling um a lot more bars and restaurants in Angra de Jorismo, uh, butchering the, the so, so Portuguese is like, um, really difficult language. Um, do you, do you speak it's it? not one of those. No, absolutely not. Uh. I can't even, I can't even look at it and pronounce most of the, <laughs> it almost sounds, it almost, it sounds almost like Russian. Really? Um, yeah. It's got a lot of shushes and 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 uh, it's 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 very very strange sounding. Uh, you know, it's not Spanish, and it's not French, and it's not Italian. So I mean, it's like I don't know any of it. Um, so, uh -huh. but everybody speaks English. Okay, you know, good. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that makes it more fun. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so, yeah. So we checked out of that. Yeah, yeah. So that's where we we that was the last island we went to and um, met some met some great folks on the uh, dock. We we stayed in marinas more uh, than we're used to, but just because the islands are really exposed um, yeah. to the swell, there's yep. a lot of swell. Yep. Very deep. and and it's it's because it's volcanic it's it's very deep around um mm -hmm. and they're, they're just they're just not many good anchorages yeah uh, and most of the anchorages are uh really in in the kind of within the breakwater um i mean the anchorage at horta is okay uh but it is subject to some ferocious swell if the if the wind is from uh the wrong direction uh. so yeah we uh we just decided to take, you know, take it easy and, and stay in the marinas and, and make it easy on ourselves. Um, so that's, that was yeah, right. Was and were different. the, were the marinas at like typical price or, or um, I think I heard someone say they were inexpensive there, but what, what, what did you find? They were, they were very, very inexpensive. Yeah. Very inexpensive. Um, and they were, uh, they were all kind of the same price and, and all kind of, run by the 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 city or or town uh -huh. um and what's it, and, what's uh, what's a tip a price what were you paying how much what were they, they were like 15 i think it was like 15 euros um oh, nice. and uh, you know so probably 20 to you know 22 dollars something like that for a, for a day or um, what um a night uh, yeah per day per day uh, oh that's that's um, not bad at all so yeah yeah it was it was very reasonable and, and they're good, you know, good facilities, uh, good shower, clean, um, you know, we don't ever plug in, but there's electricity if you want it. Mm -hmm. uh, we just are, you know, we discovered our, our solar and our wind, uh, you know, take care of us and occasionally we'll run the generator if it's mm -hmm. cloudy and still for two, two days, but, um, how much solar do you have? Bought. We got uh, 640 watts of solar. Uh huh. And, and uh, a wind generator. And and a wind generator. Yeah. Uh huh. 
And so, yeah, I tell the wind generator, people say, oh, you don't need a wind generator. You don't, you know, and I'm like, well, for me, sailing at night, um, you know, unless you're just dead downwind, dead downwind, you don't get a lot of power out of your wind generator. But anything other, you know, anything above 160 degrees, um, that wind generator is making power. And, and it, it kept us going all night. Uh, we never had any issues, uh, with, with power, uh, huh? on, on passing at all. And that's, you know, running two, we got, we have two big chart plotters. We have a chart plotter down below, mm-hmm. uh, and one, uh, in the uh, cockpit at the helm, lot of I me, mean, lots of instrumentation, mm-hmm. uh, and, and the, the autopilot that I mentioned running all the time, fridge and freezer. And, you know, we didn't, we didn't have any issue keeping up with our power, uh, you know, whether we ran the engine or not, uh-huh. you know, uh, uh, we never ran the generator. Um, and, you know, we went weeks without running, without running the engine. Uh-huh. So, uh, I, was, I was very happy. I've, I've been real happy with our, uh, our system. And, mm-hmm. um, I mean, somebody told me that, you know, 700 watts of solar is is sort of the magic number if you can get if you can if you can put 700 watts of solar which we're close to um that's that's going to take care of you Uh um so uh, i i think that's a good a good number to aim for if if one was uh trying to design a solar system and uh you know it's it's we have four rigid panels Mm -hmm. uh on top of the bimini and then um a uh, flexible panel on top of the uh, we have a hard dodger mm-hmm. and uh, a flexible panel on top of there so it, it, yeah i'm happy with it good yeah and then yeah then the wind generator you know ticking over uh, all the time nice uh, it's windy it's, it's windy out there man we 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 had some wind um <laughs> we yeah. had we had a lot of wind what was the most uh, wind you saw yeah. We had several days where we were sailing and it was in the low thirties all day long. Um, and we didn't have any big, you know, you know, in the upper forties or anything, but you know, we had a couple of squalls that that hit 40, but, but the low thirties, uh, you know, 28 to 32, uh, kind of all day long for day after day. Uh, fortunately we were, we were downwind with that. Uh, right. cause I, I remember remarking to Helen, I was like, looking back, you know, you look back, uh, over the transom and you're going, I am glad I am not <laughs> bashing into that. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> that would not be fun. So um, in, in those conditions, and, are you just running a, a small head sail and no, and no main, or do you run your main too? No, that's when we would have, we would have the, um, pulled out head sail, uh, and, and the main, it's a wing and, and the wing, main. wing uh, and wing. Yeah, how much of your yeah. main is up uh it, generally all of it in, really? in that or maybe maybe one or reef. one one reef uh yeah helen's saying one probably one reef yeah uh-huh. one yeah. reef um because because down yeah yeah downwind you know it just takes the pressure if you're going seven or eight knots you know uh-huh. and and you got 28 knots you 28 knots true uh we have a we have a ultrasonic uh wind sensor so it gives us the true wind speed uh-huh. um as well as the apparent wind speed which is kind of 
I, I like it. Um, the whirly gig things, they only give you the apparent wind. Um, and so the ultrasonic can calculate the uh, uh, true wind as well. And so that's why I'm saying, you know, mm-hmm. we had this true wind, but then our apparent wind would, would show it 21 or 22 uh-huh. uh, because, you know, you subtract, you subtract your forward motion from it. Right. So that, that was, uh, and that made it, you know, quite, quite comfortable. And we never felt, you know, and the waves, the swell was not, we weren't surfing or anything like that. Um, you know, occasionally it got for a few days, it got, it got rough enough to slew us around a little bit, but the autopilot's so quick that it, uh, it kept us, it kept us on track really well. Um, it's, it's so much faster than any, any kind of wind vane or, or manual steering. Um, Mm -hmm. it just, and we have real powerful spade rudder. So it, Mm-hmm. I'm real happy with with the whole steering system on the boat. Right. And what what uh, what month was it when you did the crossing? So we left. We arrived mid May. We left April. April 29th. We left uh-huh. the Virgin Islands, and we um, 15th of May. yeah, and then you know, yeah, fifteenth, sixteenth, yeah, whatever, fifteenth, uh-huh. seventeen, seventeen and a half days later, uh, stayed in the Azores for five weeks. Uh-huh. Um, which was, uh, you know, long enough to really feel like we had sampled uh, yep. a lot of the, the, each island really has its own f- feel to it. It's like, it's almost like, like wines or something where, where they just have a different flavor. And um, so that, uh, you know, w- the other islands are a little harder. You have to kind of, you know, to get to Santa Maria, you, you really got to go there. It's further South and, you know, it's a hundred and something miles away. So it's more of a, you know, if, if you're, he- if you're planning to head north, the other, other islands are harder to get to other than what's the first island, um, Flores, Flores but, that's closed. but, but Flores is, is closed. closed. Uh, the yeah. The Harbor at Flores got, got totally demolished a couple of years ago in a hurricane. Oh. Um, so that's, it's closed to, um, to yachts right now they're, they're rebuilding it so that next time that's where we'll hit uh, first mm-hmm. um but right now all all visiting yachts are required to check in at horta uh-huh um, and did did you have to pay um well what did it cost to clear customs did you have to pay a, a cruising permit oh I, it, uh, minimal uh, yeah i can't even it was it wasn't was, much okay yeah it wasn't anything no, it wasn't like Bahamas or, you know, it wasn't $300 or it may, yeah, yeah it may have been 15 yeah. euros or nice. something like that. If that nice. Yeah. Panama is expensive too. They hit you up for a cruising permit here and um, depending. Oh, okay. On, yeah. And depending on where you check in, it's like everybody you talk to wants 20 bucks for 40 bucks. Um, yeah. It's <laughs> a little annoying, you know? And they're speaking yeah. Spanish. And how, are, how long is that? What, 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 how long is your permit good for? Permit's good for a year. And the uh, tourist visa is good for six months. Um, okay. Which is almost long enough because I need to be here through hurricane season. So I'll, I'll have to either leave in October and go to uh, Colombia or I'll have to go to Costa Rica for three days and come back. Oh, oh, okay. So you can just leave the boat and go to Costa Rica and come back, check back in. I can do. That's what most tourist. people do. Yeah. But there, there's a, yeah, there's yeah, a, okay. a ferry, you know, there's a boat 
that, that takes people to Costa Rica regularly. So it's, it's kind of a okay, place okay. for it. But um, so tell us about the passage from the Azores to Scotland. So that was, yeah, that got a little, uh, a little dicier. The, the weather didn't, didn't follow. It, it, somebody forgot to inform the weather of the plan. Oh. And uh, uh, so we, um, we'd used a weather router um, a couple of times. And we had a ex- little experience with Chris Parker coming down from uh, the Chesapeake to Antigua. Uh-huh. Um, with the salty dog rally. Cause that was part of the, the, the rally includes, you know, uh, his, um, oh, nice. uh, forecast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we were familiar with that. And then we had used commander's weather, um, back coming from, uh, the Bahamas up to Charleston. Mm-hmm. And, and so, and, and we were, you know, fairly happy. It's, it's, yeah, that was, that, that was sort of our first, like, um, that was our, at that point, our longest, uh, passage back two years ago. And, and so, you know, we knew what they had and then we knew what Chris Parker had. So we wanted to get, uh, weather routing, uh, for the, for the transatlantic. And so we used, um, commanders on the way up to the Azores mm-hmm. and, very and they're very good. Um, and, and they, they, they kind of look over your shoulder and if they see something coming, uh, they will give you a heads up, um, and, and just say, yeah, you might want to look at this. And, and if you want to, you know, if, if, if you, you know, we see a low, um, cause you know, 17 days, there's no way you can have, uh, departure forecast that is any way meaningful uh-huh. uh, for the entire thing. And so we, we would get, uh, you know, every five days uh, we got a forecast from them. Um, and we also, have, we also use predict when with our grip files, we also download synoptic charts from NOAA um by email on the satellite email uh-huh. using sail mail um or, or what is it sail box uh-huh. um, what's what's your satellite communicator that you're using sail mail yeah so so then from the Azores to ireland we decided i'd heard of another um weather router that uh 59 North uh, and Andy Shell used. Uh-huh. Well, so we use a, a Redium Go and Predict Wind uh, uh-huh. for the grip files, um, yep. and then we we download um, synoptic charts uh, using SailDocs. Uh, so those are those black and white kind of big picture uh, forecast charts that a human being is uh, is involved in, uh-huh. um, and those are from the you know Ocean, Ocean Prediction Center. Um, and then we got the two, the two different, uh, weather routing forecasts. And one of them was like completely just was going to send us into the Bay of Biscay. And there was a low coming and it would have been absolutely a disaster. Oh, no. And they never contacted us. Um, uh, whereas commanders, um, 
it's we started out and and we saw they had us tacking to to stay west right uh because we could see the, we could see what the weather was going to do uh-huh. um and then and then it, it kept changing and so commanders kept you know they would contact us and say uh you know we think you probably want to keep going north and don't don't start heading east because there's a really nasty low um and and so you know we, we were kind of already figuring that out um and the other company never never got back in touch with us um which was really disappointing huh. so um i uh I, I you know i can recommend commander's weather um Great. and so we just had to go really really due north um quite 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 heavily <laughs> uh-huh. before turning before turning east uh the weather just kept us out uh more so it was a little farther we couldn't go rum line uh and so we we kind of you know did a right angle and basically went north until we were we we basically turned due east and and ran and ran straight into ireland um and because of our water maker issue um we were able to um kind of ask them for permission to uh, anchor uh, right there on the, the Southwest corner at Crookhaven. Um, you know, and they, the, the, the Navy came out to meet us uh-huh. 25 miles out. The Navy ship came out and, you know, were super polite and uh, we told them what, what was going on. And they were like, yeah, no problem. You know, here's the Harbor master's number you know, go to Crookhaven and call him and, and he'll set you up. And um, so we did and, and contacted this guy and he, he wasn't actually the Harbor master in Crookhaven, but um, uh, he, he took our information and actually filled in the health declaration form for us and sent it to the health department. Um, and a day later, we he 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 said you know because it's uh, force majeure uh, you are you are permitted to uh, be in this country no problem the health department has said everything's fine you've been at sea for twelve days um, you know and we are we had a COVID test they didn't they didn't want to see that um, <clears throat> and mm-hmm. that was it we were All done right. and. Um, it, our, we had our, our exit papers from the Azores had Scotland as our destination. And I think that really helped as well. Uh, although they never looked at our exit papers, they just asked us what, a, what was our destination. And we said, Scotland. Uh-huh. Um, and I actually had to almost beg because I wanted to get a stamp in my passport or something so that when we went to Scotland, it would show that we were coming from Ireland and not coming from the Azores uh-huh. um, because Scotland was requiring visitors from Portugal, which is the Azores to quarantine for 10 days. Oh no. And if you came from Ireland, you had no quarantine. Uh-huh. And so we, uh, and we, we knew all this. So we were kind of happy to go to Ireland. Uh, it wasn't, and you know, and we, we were worn out. It was a it was a, a tougher passage, uh, even though it was shorter. It was it was um, it was bumpier. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. We had a lot more uh, close hauled sailing, 
Um, uh-huh. and, and the waves were sharper, you know, there was, it was, um, it was just, it was just a more, uh, difficult passage. And uh-huh. so we just, we just wanted to anchor and, you know, chill out for a day or two. We weren't planning to get off the boat, but then we, we kind of cruised down, you know, cl- along the Southern coast, um, and, and stopped in a couple of places at Kinsale was really nice. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, <clears throat> didn't do any kind of touristy stuff really, you know, other than reprovisioning and, getting a pint of Guinness and, uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 some fish and chips, um, a couple of times. So that was pretty nice. Uh-huh. And then, um, um, Three days to Scotland. yeah, then, and then, and then came from Kinsale, um, up, up, um, uh, the Irish sea on the, on the east side of Ireland between Ireland and, and, uh, Great Britain. And, uh, no wind really <laughs> just motored and uh-huh. used the code zero a little bit um there were a lot of shipping in there uh and then and then you start getting into so that's the saint george uh, channel and there's a lot of um current a lot of tidal current flowing through there because around the british isles there's huge currents depending on where you are huge tides you know south coast of england has got 30 foot tides oh in certain gosh. areas. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the, the amount of water moving is, I mean, there, uh, we haven't it, it encountered that big, but we've, we've heard about, you know, seven knot tidal currents, you know, you, you, you literally cannot go against it. So we've been learning, you know, and that was our first introduction uh, of timing uh, is like, okay, we want to be here at 2 a.m., because we're going around this rock and this cape and there's a big current around there. We don't want to be going against it. And so we, you know, we set out and we kind of had to calculate and we regulated our speed a little bit so that we would arrive when, you know, with, with the, the favorable current. Uh-huh. Uh, and that was kind of cool. You know, it's like, you really got to start paying attention. It's not like, you know, uh, Bahamas or Caribbean well. where it's, it's a little, uh, you know, it's, you don't have to think about, yeah those those factors um so you know add add on top of that then the weather and the wind um you know because you don't want to have a 20 knots of wind against a two knot current mm-hmm. and you got some nasty waves that's that's yeah. sort of the rule of thumb yeah uh so you know it, it kind of and you know and then there are a lot of rocks and there are a lot of ships um and you know it can be a little rainy and so the whole piloting game gets a lot more interesting it sounds like it there's no reading books and and playing games it's uh yeah you you gotta then other places we've been yeah fishing buoys um you know now up here in scotland you know fish fish farms uh all kinds of good stuff so yeah it's real it's it's more challenging a lot more fun um we love Uh it what what are the anchorages so, like where you are now? Uh, spectacular. Yeah, Helen says spectacular. Um, they can be deep. Uh, there are some fabulous charts available. I mean, you know, this this place is old, right? Yeah. The house, like where we are anchored right now, there's a there's a house in a state that we can see across the bay, and we looked it up, and it was built in 1764. Wow. You know, 
and it's just like this beautiful uh big white house uh that's now like a what is it hunt hunting lodge and and sporting center you know clay pigeon shooting and blah blah but it's like the history of it is like oh yeah that's uh nearly as old as well it is older than the united states of america (laughs) 1764 um and and so you know it's well surveyed and then the the so we have lots of lots of different options as far as charts we we have the admiralty charts um of of kind of the uh, mid scale uh you know not not the super super large scale harbor charts but but sort of the um uh they're they're these folios and uh so that helps you for planning purposes Uh And then the Clyde with the the Clyde Cruising Club has produced three uh, three no five volume five volume set of uh, cruising directions uh, sailing directions uh, for for all of Scotland uh, and it's just I mean super detailed uh, every every anchorage you know mm-hmm. detailed of how to get in and avoid this rock mm-hmm. and then these guys starting about. I don't know, 2008 or something. Uh, th- this fella on the yacht Antares, and they're called Antares charts now. He started surveying all of these anchorages. Uh-huh. Um, he 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 got him uh, some really nice sonar gear, and and then some some buddies of his from the Clyde Cruising Club joined him, and so for the last. I don't know, it took them like eight years or something to survey 566 different anchorages Jeez. in Scotland. And they've produced these fantastic detailed anchorage charts uh-huh. that are uh, available. Uh, and, and there's an app uh, that you use them with on the iPad. Uh, or you can you can also use it with OpenCPN. And it costs 18 pounds. Okay. Wow. For, for these charts. And, and and so like, yeah, 20, $25. Um, And you talk about value for money. Uh, These things you can, you know, you'll just start looking at the big charts going, well, we could anchor here. And I wonder if that's on Antares and you go, yeah, there it is. And you zoom in on it and it's like, oh, and it says, watch out for these rocks over here. Or, you know, the Admiralty chart shows a rock here, but it ain't there and mm. you know sandy bottom or muddy bottom or you know it's 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 so it's even though the piloting is more difficult there's a lot more information available so i don't ever feel like we're just kind of flying blind uh-huh. um, and the the buoyage uh here is is excellent They're, they've got these uh cardinal buoys um which which mark uh hazards mm-hmm. uh so you know where things are so it's it's very different from um other places that we've been you know in, in the caribbean and the bahamas where there are almost no buoys and, right uh, you know and you worry that you know if there is a buoy is it really in the right place yeah exactly and, so and they're usually not red or green either yeah. it's like a stick a piece of pvc pipe or something sometimes Right. <laughs> if you know, if, if there's anything. PVC pipe in the in the stuck in the sand. Yeah, the locals right. know what it means, but uh, we don't. And then there's a lot of moorings. 
Yeah, it's, it's because the anchorages tend to be deeper um, because the you know the locks and stuff are quite steep. Um, there are a lot more moorings available, uh, especially in the in the in the more popular anchorages. And so, like the other night, we were at Tobermory. Uh, and Tobermory is probably the most popular, most touristy place there is. And, you know, we just happened to be there. Uh, but we were in 80 feet of water. I mean, so there's really uh -huh. not anywhere to anchor there. Uh -huh. um, so, we, you know, we picked up a mooring. And uh, so it's a little more expensive, I guess, to, to be here um, than, than, than other places. Um, we, we, we don't anchor all the time here uh, as well. So, you know, as far as... as you know, Caribbean, we, we, we anchored every night. We never stayed in a marina in the Caribbean mm -hmm. uh, and we never stayed in a marina in the Bahamas. So, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even want to stay in a marina here um, because, the, because of yeah. the mosquitoes. If I'm out at anchor and there's no oh, mosquitoes, oh. you go to land and, and you've got bugs. Ah. So, I uh, you know, I don't even see yeah. an advantage to it here. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, and uh, we, we've so far avoided the midges, um, which are there, uh, the things here in Scotland, which oh. replace the mosquitoes. Midges, um, yeah, they're, they're like all jaw. <laughs> <laughs> they're just tiny. Little. We've, we've encountered them before uh, when yeah. we, we've been hiking here in years past. But uh, yeah. And the other cool thing about here, here in Scotland is there are just so many places to hike. Um, yeah. There, there's a, a, a law about being able to roam uh, mm -hmm. on, on people's property. Oh. And you can, you know, as long as you close the gate um, and don't break stuff, you can walk across their property, walk across their fields uh -huh. um, through their pasture. Um, and That's so nice. there's all kinds of trails and yeah, good, good maps and, and things like uh, available. So, uh, and then, uh, yeah, so it's, it's a good, uh, Good, good place to be. I would say the other some good whiskey. <laughs> so uh, that's uh, got to be got to be careful. Um, but uh, you know, it is uh, part of the culture here, and uh, we've we've enjoyed some of that. And uh, so yeah, it's just it's a good. Uh, you know, we've got family here, um, and that's that adds to it as well. So uh, Helen's sister uh, lives in Glasgow, and uh, huh? brother lives in Edinburgh. So well, that's gotta be fun. Seeing them. Yeah. Yeah. And then we've got another friend, um, Charlie, who's, who's a member of the Clyde cruising club has been sailing up here for, you know, 30 uh -huh. years. And, uh, so we're going to be sailing in company with him for uh, next week. Uh, so it's, it's always, you know, he's got all his secret anchorages like, Oh, we could go here, you know? And so there's just so many little, little nooks and crannies. You don't have to go far. You know, it's like, 15 or 20 miles and you know, you're, you're around the corner and, and in a different area. And, um, yeah, uh -huh. it's, it's just, just so varied and fascinating. We, it's again, highly recommended. It's hard to get here, but it's, it's well yeah. worth it. We don't regret any of it. Well, it sounds wonderful. So, so, so do I remember correctly? I, I met you, um, in Hatchet Bay in, uh, 2020 in the winter of 2020, I believe. I think that's right. Um, right. Was that your first right. cruise on Hellacious? Yeah, I guess it. Um... Well, we we've done a practice run three months, uh -huh. and then 
that was the beginning of our retirement. Can you hear Helen there? Y yes. Yeah. A little bit. Okay. Yeah. So, so right. We had done a kind of shakedown cruise. Okay. So, so, uh, so before. So now you're on, months. now you're on a big, the big, how, how big is the cruise you're on now? Is this, is this like full-time? Well, permanent. Yeah. We're, we're, we're going to park the boat, um, uh, down near Glasgow for the winter, um, because we want to go to Norway next year. Uh-huh. And, and that's a really short season. Yeah. And, and so we're going to, we're going to run out of time. Yeah. It gets, it, apparently I don't believe it. I, they keep telling me that it's going to get cold and rainy. Um, and so, you know, come November, you know, it's going to be kind of crappy to be cruising here. And so we're going to park the boat and I've got a six month visa. Helen's got a British passport, but I've got a six month visa. So, um, well, it sounds like it sounds like a, a great trip. You know, I um, I envy your big passages and your your ability to move. Uh, I, I love I love where I am, um, but on the other hand, I kind of crave getting out there and sailing again. There's really I'm really just sort of sitting still here in Panama. Um, so are you gonna are you gonna go through the through the canal at some point, or or are you gonna stay on the uh, east side? No, I'm not gonna go Panama. through the canal. I'm um, I'm just gonna stay here until hurricane season's over, and then I'd like to go back to the Bahamas. And I'm just going to play it by ear, you know, from, from that point. Uh, I, I'd kind of like to yeah, go to Canada. Yeah. I'd like to go to, New, to Nova Scotia and Broadoor Lake and then Newfoundland. Yeah. Um, the, the, big, the big question is, if you go to Newfoundland, from what I hear, the, the season is July and August. So leaving, right. leaving Newfoundland in, in, you know, late August, September brings up the question, well, where are you going? Um, Right. It's hurricane season at that point. So that's, that's a pretty big question. Like, I, I'm not sure, like, what, should I go to the Azores in September? Is that, you know, is that safe? Um, um, yeah. 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 You could hit, you could hit the Azores in and September. And then, and then, Bunch like I said, down to, down to the other Atlantic islands, um, Madeira um, uh -huh. and, and Canaries. Yeah. Do a, do a, an Atlantic circuit. Yeah, that's that's what um, I'd like to do. It's just you just be kind of sailing, you know, through there during hurricane season. Um, I know it's I know that they go up through there sometimes. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, but but you can see them coming. Yeah, uh, they don't. You know, by that point, by that point, you can see them coming. Um, well, that doesn't get. Bad, it's it's. I don't think it's on. it's it's not like uh, you know if you're in uh, Martinique or somewhere and it's like oh. The hurricane's going to be here. It's popped up, you know, it's popped yeah. up this, this tropical wave. Uh, and, Oh, and in three days, there's a friggin' hurricane on your doorstep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although that being said, I did get an alert from the Bermuda weather service, um, which is like one of the, the best weather services anywhere. Uh, take a look at it sometime. It's like, they have fantastic forecasts and, and fantastic charts of weather charts of the Atlantic uh, and, and the Northern Caribbean. Uh -huh. And they said, well, there's something popping up to the Northeast of us. Um, you know, it's like, what is that? So some kind of tropical low forming Northeast of Bermuda today. So I'm going to look at that. Huh. Um, 
that, you know, that stuff can come sweeping up, up this way as well. Uh, so yeah, you know, I mean, a hurricane rolled all the way through Nova Scotia and into Newfoundland a couple of years ago. And one of them hit Portugal yeah. a couple of years yeah. ago too. So it's like, and, right, one, and, one, right. and last year there was one that went just North of here and hit Nicaragua in November. Yeah. To me, that means. Yeah. We were, I think we were underway. Yeah. You're underway. Yep. yep. Uh-huh. So <laughs> that was uh, Eta or. Uh, exactly. It was part of the Greek. Yeah. Alphabet. They were. Right. 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 Yeah. So that right, man. Well, I'm going to. Yeah. Hey, it's been great talking to you. Thank you. Thank you for coming back onto the podcast and um, I appreciate your time. Sure. Sure. Great talking. And yeah, nice to, nice to, nice to hear from you and uh, enjoying seeing your photos uh, on Facebook and uh, you know, keep your surfing looks awesome. And, the surfing has uh, been incredible. Yeah. I, like and your... I put a, I put a trigger fish yeah. on there today. I got a, I got a trigger fish. Um, <laughs> right before talking to you, right, right when I came back, I just finished cleaning it when I saw your message that you were, you were good to go. Uh, so well, I, I, I learned a guy, a guy taught me and gave me a rig and I caught uh, a, not some, a mackerel, um, oh, nice. uh, a few weeks ago. Yes. Um, they, they, the mackerel run and, and they're, they're not the big, they're, these are like a foot long. Uh-huh. Um, and, and they're they're but they're real tasty. And then he, this is on the Island of, um, Orensi. Um, mm-hmm. and this, this, this guy was out in his rib with his mother and father and they had, they stopped by our boat and gave us a bunch of crabs and, and a bunch of mackerel. And wow. he, and he gave me a couple of, of you catch mackerel on this, like um, six hook rig that has like multicolored chicken feathers as the lures <laughs> and, um, and you jig it. Um, huh. you, you go out, you know, about 40 or 50 feet of water and, and jig the thing up and down from the bottom up. And, um, so, you know, he gave this to me the next day I went out and I, I caught myself a, a mackerel. Nice. Um, of course he said he caught 70 that day. Oh my but, goodness. Uh, <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I'm glad I left um, one for you. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I told him. I said, thanks. <laughs> he, uses, he uses them for crab bait. Um, he just really? chops them up and put them in his cages. Yeah. Huh. Uh, so yeah yeah so people yeah super friendly i love it well hi paul i'll talk to you yeah in touch man stay in touch i'll definitely want to hear about norway i guess that'll be next yeah that's uh that's that's they're gonna take some more planning but it's uh we're getting you know we're getting hang of this Uh, the more you do it um the more fun it it becomes yeah that's a great accomplishment to have sailed all the way to the azores and then scotland um all right well i'll let you guys go enjoy your evening and thanks again hi paul take care bye-bye bye thanks for listening everybody i hope you enjoyed that interview with brian russell aboard the ship that he built himself from scratch out of aluminum hellacious uh that was uh that was a fun discussion and i hope you guys enjoyed it as much as i did and learned from it i hope to visit some of those same places soon so i always enjoy interviewing people who are in places that I want to go. I've posted photos from Brian and Helen's journey on my website, paultrammell.com. You can find those on the show notes page, the podcast and show notes page, season three. Just scroll to the bottom of that.
If you want to support the podcast, you can do so through Patreon, and there is a link to Patreon on every page of the website, and Patreon supporters get access to bonus content. If you want to follow my adventures, you can find me at on Instagram at trammel.paul, and if you're interested in being a sponsor on this podcast, you can contact me through Instagram. That's the easiest way. Again, that's Trammel. T-R-A-M-M-E-L-L dot P-A-U-L. And thanks to Royal Robins Clothing for their support. They make fine outdoor clothing born in Yosemite, built to go anywhere. Find them at royalrobins.com. You can also support the podcast by buying any of my books. I've written five, and the latest one is called Chasing the Nomadic Dream. They are all available for sale at Amazon, and I've got links to all of them on my website, uh, paultrammell.com slash books. Thanks again, everybody. And until next time, happy sailing and peace out.